Welcome back. This is uh, Yin and Young, the podcast. Uh, I believe this is episode 31. And uh, yeah, and uh, we're here today. Today's a very special episode. I say that for every episode, but this is really a special episode with uh, Vicky uh, Liu. Yay! Yay! And we have returning guest. Uh, we have returning guest, Laura Cox. Woo! Woo! <laughs> so, um, and... So first off, uh, a little bit of background about me and Vicky. So Vicky and I went to a, the same high school, but we did not, um, we didn't really know each other then. No. No, and we met up, um, we met up because a mutual friend of ours connected us, you know, he said, oh, hey, you, you know, uh, my friend Vicky, she's in LA, mm -hmm. and you guys should, uh, you know, hang out, or because you're, you know, in similar fields. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll give it a, yeah, sure, why not? I'm always down to meet other people, yeah. And uh, so we connected, but it was like, we connected, and then I totally forgot about, like, it was like, we connected to say, hey, uh, I think you were in busy season or something. Mm -hmm. And then I was, okay, well, I'll message you. Uh, I was like, okay, but in the back of my mind, I was like, okay, I'll, I should reconnect with her. And then I think months later, I think it was after our program, mm -hmm. and I was like kind of in that, post-graduation depression mm -hmm. that I was like oh you know what? I should go message uh, I should try to meet people because yeah you know it's kind of like that slump after yeah, like yeah I mean I'm, yeah the, the post-graduation depression that's still happening <laughs> yeah. yes <laughs> year a year later exactly yeah. a year later yeah so um, we met up uh, and got coffee and we chatted it up and it was like yeah I thought that you know, it was great reconnect or connecting, <laughs> and uh, I, I did feel that um, it's always good to meet up, but with a uh, an M Town homie, so uh, M Town Mopedis homie, yeah. so uh, and ch uh, and chop it up, and also uh, you know I found you know I thought you seemed very kind and gracious with your time, and I I was wondering if you wanted to be on the show, and you were a very kind to come on, mm -hmm. so I'm glad I'm glad to have you. Yay! Yay. Um, yeah, it was um, good meeting up with you. Um, side story on the person that connected us was right, actually okay. my first, my very first boyfriend oh, ooh. in middle school. Yes. So shout out to Anson. Shout out to Anson. It was like, it was the least relationship wow. relationship in the yeah. world. So I don't think we did anything. I think we held hands maybe a couple yeah. times. Wow, dude, that's like so yeah. intimate back in middle school. Yeah, or, but it uh, was... Purely out of peer pressure that that, oh, we, that no. we dated, and I'm I feel, I feel bad. Anson. He was a great guy. He's yeah, a very okay, nice okay, man. Okay, okay. But it was one of those things where at that point he was a boy. But yeah, yeah. At point, <laughs> Europe. Yeah, he still is. <laughs> um, but um, no, I'm married now with a wifey. But um, at the time, it was one of those situations where I was in middle school, and everyone was like, "Who do you like? Who do you like?" And like, everyone had a crush on somebody, yeah. and I had no crushes. I was pretty asexual and people that I was kind of drawn to I couldn't really like 
admit or place of what that feeling was. So oh. I literally said Anson's name just simply out of He's pure pressure of like, who is the nicest guy I know? <laughs> I just said Anson. And so, and then everyone's like, oh my God. And then I just, I thought I could just say it and just, that was like the end of it and nothing would ever happen. But then yeah. there was this like, and then there's just like the culture of middle school of just like someone told Anson and then they were just like, people just like pushed us together. It yeah. was like, well, oh, you guys gosh. should date because you're both just like nice people. And it's a huge mistake, but you know, I care about him still. And yeah. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great memory to have. And I if it was, he feels about it, but if it wasn't for that middle school uh, embarrassment, I don't know if he would have connected <laughs> us to be honest. Exactly. Know? So yeah. that led to this. Yeah. That led to I this. knew that would relationship would be awesome yeah. someday. Yeah. someday. You and James you no. never, yeah, you never know how the, the winds work. And uh, and now you're happily married with a beautiful wife. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, um, yeah, I love her. We've been yeah. married for, let's see, how long have we been married for? We've been married for three years. Okay. We've been together for like eight. Damn. Coming up three years, yeah. Wow, okay. That's a long time. So, I know. Yeah. I know, too long. I'm just kidding. <laughs> too long? But like, were you guys holding off on marriage? Or was it just... Uh, uh, and you, I think for, whenever I ask, you feel you can always press the stop, this imaginary stop button. <laughs> James, stop. Yeah, so yeah. don't ever feel pressured. James, um, too much. Too much, no, yeah. Um, um, it's not like no, I'm trying no, to get you um, high or anything. Or yeah, yeah. Well, so. for me, uh, my wife Haley, she and I, it was sort of our, I don't know, it was like our longest relationship for both of us. Like she'd been in a couple of fairly long-term relationships, but for yeah. me, and so we just kind of like, and we were really younger when we got together, so it wasn't, um, we got, we decided to get, we decided to have like a couple of landmarks where like mm -hmm. we won't move in until two years because we didn't want to be like the stereotype of lesbians that like date for two weeks and then move in together. And Is then, that a stereotype? I yeah, you yeah. will. You show up to your first yeah. date. Yeah. It's like, what do you bring? It's like, first date is whatever, yeah. second date is bring a U haul. Anyways. Wow. Okay. You've never heard this? I, I'm so outside of the LGBT community. I, I should okay. I should know more. You gotta more. get in there. Yeah. I mean, I get yeah. <laughs> you gotta get in there. Yeah, you gotta get in there. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's Thanks, Laura. Let's see what's going on. Well, Pride yeah. Month's next month, so we gotta yeah, yeah. hang out. Spectrum. Yeah. Everything's a spectrum. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. Oh yeah, it's a spectrum. Yeah, sure. Um. Yeah. So, yeah, we just and then we were just together for a while, and it was just like she was finishing school, and I was sort of, kind of like freelancing and stuff, and unemployed mm. for a while. So we just like were in no place to sort of get married. Okay. Um, yeah, so we yeah. got married when we were both like in a better place in our lives and just could afford it. Could and, afford it. Yeah. Okay. And cool. it was time. Yeah. Pause. I'm going to close that door a little bit. Okay. Yeah. okay. Excuse me. I don't know if you guys are like paranoid like me, but like if like all the windows are closed or something, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm going to suffocate or like. I think I learned it from my mom. I don't know if it's an Asian thing or it's just a James Shi or Shi family thing, but my like, brother and sister are the same way. They all, like when they sleep, they always have to have a window crack open, even if it's hella cold or hella hot oh, or whatever. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if that, yeah. Anyways. So that trumps the fear of like uh, an outsider coming in through the window? Oh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> well, no, actually I have, I have thought it. about that, but I, 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 would, I would assume that there's like the, uh, you know the screen that the intruder has to get that through. Doesn't do anything. Well, there's the blinds. They make sound. Yeah. I mean, come on, yeah. they're gonna make some sound. I don't or... know, man. <laughs> so Golden, you lock, you Golden lock State it. State killer. Oh shit. A lot of windows. Oh yeah. Sorry, sorry. he got caught. Dark. Dark, dark. It's okay. He got caught. Speaking yeah, of dark, fun <laughs> fact about Vicky that I know is that she loves true crime. <gasps> oh yeah. Yes. Me too. That's true. So I exclusively listen to like 
true crime podcast. My favorite. Part. I listened to it too. I had to take a break. It's like a I have to take a time yeah. out right now because I've been so, I was getting into a really dark place. <laughs> um. So one topic I wanted to explore was uh this. So yeah, it, uh, tangent. I was at DMV today and uh, there was an attractive woman in the line. We chatted it up and she's into mind hunters. Okay. I don't know if you guys seen it, but we, we were talking about like serial killers and the mind of serial killers. And I was like, wow, I'm really attracted to this girl for some reason. But um, <laughs> so we're going to try, cool. we're trying to set up a day. But anyways, um, this idea of, so Neil Gaiman, he had a quote about, uh, and, uh, a, a young female writer wrote him and said, hey, my parents are worried about me being a horror or dark story writer, uh, like write about murders, that's the kind of stuff. And his response was, you know, uh, some of the most dark and depressed people I've ever met were comedians. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas um, some of the most happy and happy-go-lucky people I've met, in my experience, this is Neil Gaiman speaking, were people who wrote horror or don't wrote like dark stories like he does, mm -hmm. supernatural, whatever. And I thought that I was very curious about that. Like, and and speaking to Vicky about this, I was like, huh, maybe because like when you watch a comedy show, you're kind of like, oh, this is work, I guess. Or what's what's your thoughts on that? On how the connection? Up I am? No, yeah, yeah. Why are you so? <laughs> I mean, like, so as a as so okay. So for our listeners, Vicky is a comedy writer. She writes for a sitcom known as. Superstore, mm -hmm. yeah, and so I guess when you are away from writing Superstore, how do you kind of like relax or refill the tank? You know, the artists talk about refilling the tank after you know, because writing takes a lot out of you. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, I do various things. I would say, I would say sometimes watching a comedy can feel like a little bit of homework. Oh yeah. Um, okay. So I'll try to like. Because, I mean, some of my favorite shows, I end up just watching a lot of dramas. And those are ones that... Either dramas or, like, procedurals. Because then I can just sit down and zone out and, like, not have to think about... Okay. Like, if this is any good. Because I just know, I'm like, this is what this is. It's, mm -hmm. it's a procedural. And it's right. very enjoyable for what it is. Right. Um, but outside of writing, I don't know. I tried to... I mean, it sounds corny, but I just try to live life. Like, I like to go camping and hiking. And just be outside and outdoors. Mm. And be a little bit away from... Like screens, because most of our job is sitting and staring at a screen while we talk and like someone's typing on the screen and we're just staring at it for a long time. Uh, or like writing a script, you're just in front of your computer for hours. So mm. a lot of it is just separating that and just living life to a different degree and being around people and catching up and talking face to face with people. So it yeah. is just like having experiences because mm. you have to sort of like write from somewhere and get something from it. So. Mm. Um, trying to do that is, is probably, but I mean, I also watch, I watch as much TV as possible just yeah, to see yeah. what's out there. Even if it's stuff that I like hate watch a lot of things, I won't name names. You hate uh, watch. Okay. Yeah. All right. Maybe not. Is that a term you know? I, I, I guess I, 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 see, I, okay. Lesbians moving in, hate yeah. watch. I'm so. I didn't, yeah. that's not a gay thing. No, hate okay. watching is like. <laughs> It's universal. Hate watching it is universal. We're, and we're the same age-ish, so yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not all like... Genders all yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hate um, watch, lesbians moving. Hate watch. <laughs> I mean, you don't hate watch anything, James? Um, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, you know what it is. Yeah. You're yeah, just like, yeah. this is not very good, but I'm going to watch all yeah. 10 episodes just mm -hmm. so I can be angry about it. And I don't know wow. why. It's just wow. like commentary yeah, to have. Yeah. And then I it's talk like to masochism? other people okay. about yeah. how much I don't like it. 
wow, okay. <laughs> because for you to make that accurate assessment, you actually have to watch it, I guess, right? Or, yeah, I'm giving yeah. it a very fair chance. You're giving it a fair chance. Because <laughs> some people are like, it gets really good episode five. Mm-hmm. There's like always those series. And I'm like, okay. I have to watch five episodes before the show gets good. Yeah. But you're like, okay. Um, and sometimes I will take someone's word for it and watch up until five. And then usually if that's the case, I end up being like, yeah, it was okay. Like I watched everything. But Nice. Um, but just to like learn, I mean, everything is a learning experience. And also everything, even if I don't, if I don't like something, I understand there's like an audience for it somewhere right. out there um and i know that i mean it's a lot of work it's a lot of work to make a show you're putting a lot on the line and it's so much pressure to just put something out there and just you hope for the best and you hope for people to really like it or relate to it and you know it doesn't always work for everyone mm. yeah okay um top uh top three things that you enjoy doing that does not involve a screen? It does not involve a screen. Top top three, or you could say, it's in my top five, but I'm gonna list three, if that gives you less pressure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, well, I like camping. Camping, okay, yeah. great. I like eating out with friends. Okay, cool. And what is something else that I would say? Um, just like hiking, I know it's like similar to camping. Oh, but that's fine. That's hiking, the other. yeah, yeah. So those are the those are the three things that I like. Very nice. Yeah. Very. So you're very nature oriented. Yeah. A little bit. That's cool. I mean, uh, the other one, I'm gonna sneak in another one. Sne- I also oh, like just like you. going to bars with people and okay. catching up with friends and like drinking and dancing. I you can kind of group that, I guess, with eating with friends, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm 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 with you. I, I I those are my top. Those three are in my top 10, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of, of things that do not involve screens that I enjoy doing. Yeah. Um, uh, so one thing, uh, so uh, any questions, Laura, Daniel? I'm waiting yeah. to see how this unfolds. And I'm just, I'm just interested. Okay, because I'm, because you know, you know, you know me, Daniel, I, I usually do the biography segment. Like we go through her biography and then we open right. up to questions-ish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but Daniel, do you want to do anything before I get into that or? Uh, well, no, why don't we jump into that? that that'd be interesting. Okay. So, um, so Vicky, like you grew up in, uh, you're born and raised in the Bay Area? Born and raised in the Bay Area, Milpitas, cool. um, the great 408. Um, <laughs> No one calls it that but me, I think. Um, but I'll yeah. start saying it just yeah. to make you feel happy. Yeah, yeah. To write that down. I mean, okay. You're not writing it down. <laughs> um, but great. Oh wait, I have to switch it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I grew up there, and then I went to uh, USC for college. So we'll start. We can start from there. I don't think we need to start from like when I was a child. <laughs> no, no. Sorry, Vicky. This is not your show. Eight years um, old, I was. Your, your, your trauma, well, your childhood trauma, what's going on? <laughs> childhood trauma. Um, How long is this podcast? Uh, um, so growing... no, I can mention that um, growing up as a kid, I really liked writing a lot, kind of okay. off the bat. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It was probably my favorite, I guess you say like subject when you had to do like, because I like was horrible at math. Mm. I was like, okay, I like drawing and coloring and yeah. like, all that other things, um, but like we had in third grade, I still remember um, Mrs. Kim, which is she's one of my, like my favorite teachers and inspiration. Okay. She had this little um, hour called like Writers Workshop Hour, 
And so we would just write for an hour and it would, she would either give us a wow. topic or we would just kind of write anything that we wanted to. And we would write all these like short stories. And I found myself getting really into it. And I would write probably more than necessary. And I think it's just like this little overachiever in me. None mm. of it was good, but I was writing a lot. And yeah, it was yeah. just, you know, it was like everyone was writing three pages and I was writing like six. So it's not like, it wasn't hour. crazy, but wow. just like, I, I just found myself drawn to it. Um, and she was really nice. She really encouraged me. She just saw that I was into it and mm-hmm. I had these like, I guess like interesting stories that I wanted to tell. Interesting to me. Um, I'm curious, what did you like to write about at that? So this is around middle school age or? This was third grade. Third grade. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I could, I can maybe remember some of the things I wanted. It was just, I mean, I can't even think of, what did I like writing about back then? It was a very various things it was like we ever into goosebumps at all or not really yeah of course yeah yeah goosebumps yeah great yeah um choose your adventure goosebumps Mm. great i would always cheat though sorry yeah you'd always what (laughs) i just cheat where you like look ahead and you're like what's better i would try like the first two times and then get frustrated whenever i died and then go back and then cheat yeah. yeah, yeah. I think everyone's yeah. done that. Um, yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. It's human nature. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was bad. I would yeah. like read it. I would cheat and then like mm. accomplish it and then act as if I didn't cheat. Uh, like, I chose all the right ones, mom. And she's uh, like, okay. She but didn't in your care. heart, yeah. in your heart. I knew. <laughs> I, I personally wanted to see every option. That's how crazy. I would go, I want to die. I want to like mm-hmm. semi not die. And then I want to see, oh, what happens if I win? I guess there's always that winning path. But mm-hmm. um, anyways, but yeah, so third grade. So would you say that's your first spark of like creativity with writing, maybe or? Yeah, probably. I would okay. say that, and then, and then from Shout there it was like, yeah. <laughs> and then from there like, you know, lay dormant for a while, and then I went to. I'm gonna jump ahead now. And yeah, then I went if, to if college. you need to. Yeah. <laughs> so from third grade, I went. Um, so you graduate from, from third grade, you went straight to college. I went straight to college. <laughs> um, I Doogie Howsered it to USC at, and I went for film and television production. This is your undergrad or? This is my undergrad. Okay, cool. So did that for four years and it was, um, it was really interesting. Um, it was fun because I really, event- I started out wanting to do sort of editing and directing. Yeah, okay, production Yeah, production yeah. stuff. Um, I really liked editing a lot at the time. Um, mm. And then I realized it was a very solitary life. And mm. I don't know, and it's just like, People who are good editors are like amazing at it, and I just found myself. I could do like a ten-minute short film, sure, yeah. sure, but like thinking of doing like an hour or like up to like two and a half hours, I'm like that is. I was like, uh, it's a beast. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beast. And so I found myself after graduating from USC. I just stayed in LA to try and work. Um, so you graduated USC at the age of twelve. At I'm 12 guessing. Years old. <laughs> just uh, note to the audience: we're, we're this is called joking. She she was actually she graduated at the correct, uh, the the appropriate. I don't know, the appropriate age. the appropriate age. I guess is the term. But yeah. um, I graduated in two thousand seven. So you okay. Can say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then um, uh, yeah, and then I just started. I had a little bit of struggle. I was like, am I gonna stay in LA, or? Do I be moving back home to Northern California? Because right. I really liked Northern California, and I still. In your do. early twenties, so you're kind early of that, 20s. You're trying to figure stuff out. Not yeah. sure what I'm doing with my life. Yeah, yeah. Um, doing that now, early thirties. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all. I'm definitely still doing that now. Oh, okay. Um, miss my family a lot. Miss my friends. From yeah. Home. So it was a lot of that, like a lot of homesickness, even after. And I really liked LA, but I think going to college in LA, I didn't have like I was very. I had this like 
go to school and like finish school and that was like my mentality like ingrained in me from being like my parents Asian child of just like don't get you know don't lose focus yeah. like you know it's a private school we can only pay for these four years so you have okay. to graduate you have There's to finish no in the four yeah, yeah um and so I just like grinded it out until I could get, graduate um and then so I didn't really have like a crazy social life I should say yeah. I was like just very bookish and sort of straight edge and then mm. after graduation straight edge like, I know this word Laura I'm like sorry I'm looking for female valid- yeah. validation <laughs> and then afterwards um, my first job was I got a job as like a PA so I just ended up staying in LA doing production okay. yeah precious. and I was a PA for many 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 years so I was a PA for most of my Feels like most of my life I was a production assistant. Wow. Well, it um, feels that way, yeah, because production is can be a drag, right? Yeah, and, and it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't. It was like somewhat steady work, but I was freelancing a lot. It was like you'd work uh, for a couple months and then like offer un- unemployment for a couple months and then back on. And I mean, my first job was literally cleaning a toilet. Like, so it was it was like real, and I was like, oh, I'm so glad my parents paid for my <laughs> private school education, <laughs> so I could go into this. Um, this room and like unclog a toilet. Um, well, that so. toilet is for a very famous person, I guess, or I don't know who <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> it was for, I mean, I could tell you, you that I to... worked on, I mean, I can't tell the specific show, but of I did course, work on, course, yeah. I started off doing a lot of reality television, uh, which is an interesting world. All okay. Its own. All right. Um, everyone over was amazing though. Like everyone oh, was okay. just kind of like good cast, good crew. Like everyone was very, very nice. And just like, very you just really you learn on the job you know and you just see all these people that have been in the industry for a while yeah um and it was it's it's a weird world though celebrities because it's a lot of like you're working with a lot of like sort of like d-list celebrities but you have to treat them as if they're like royalty and you're just like i mean i don't know are are we kind of the same right now yeah, yeah, <laughs> i feel yeah. like we're at the same level i don't know if i need but to like talent, not right? talk to you or like divert my attention from you but yeah. it was learning a lot of like the darker side of things but um, yeah, and then from there, freelance a bunch, um, and I would say I got my first office, uh, like, PA job at Family Guy. Okay. Um, and I was there for a while, um, met a lot of great people, and I met my writing partner there, uh, Shout Bridget. out to Bridget, yeah. Yeah, and so from there, we ended up leaving and being an executive assistant to two other guys that were on Family Guy, they left to make their own show and we kind of joined them. Mm. Um, and it was from there we decided to become writing partners because we were sort of like, hey, maybe they'll have a freelance script for us. So why don't we write something together? So it's like less competition mm-hmm. and we'll submit something together and maybe they'll give us a script. Because for most shows they have to do at least one freelance script. Okay. Um, and it's usually like they'll give it to like the writer's assistant or the executive assistant or they'll even like hire someone from the outside mm. to come in. So we were hoping for that freelance script. Um, show got canceled. Episode <laughs> got canceled. So oh, no freelance you, script. Can you mention the show or no? Can't really. I, no, I you can look it up, but I can't. I won't look, I'll look the it up. Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then. So, but the, from there we had a script that we actually liked and we gave it to our bosses and they were very generous. They read it and they pass it along to their agents, mm. which um, were very nice also and they wanted to meet with us and it was at UTA and we got signed with them and it sort of avalanche oh, nice. from there. Um, Dan, you know UTA? Yeah, United Talent Agency, they're pretty big. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so they were, um, 
We, yeah, we had a teacher from UTA. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Who we. Uh, he was a real stinker. No, no, it's okay. No, it's it's a very intimidating place. I remember our meeting because we went mm-hmm. into the lobby and everything is like yeah. so shiny. Everyone's is like in black, and like the receptionist is like this tall model. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting on like the couch that's in the and literally my. Like my legs are just like dangling. Like I'm a little <laughs> kid. And this model comes over, is like, "Would you like some water?" And I'm just like, "No." You know, like my voice is cracking all of a sudden. Mm. Um, and we go in, and it's just like it was, in a, you know, really intimidating environment. But um, they ended up being really cool. And yeah, sort of avalanche from there. We got our first writing gig at Marry Me. Um, which was just, um, we couldn't have been more blessed with like a first experience because everyone in that room was so nice, so funny, and just like so great. And it was just like an unfortunate thing that it only lasted one season because mm-hmm. even the cast was really funny and great. Um, it was um, it was fun though. It was a good first experience. Um, kind of like we got lucky because there's a lot of horror stories you hear about going into your first writer's room. Like yeah. You just, mm-hmm. you just you're always rolling the dice. You don't know what kind of environment it's going to be mm-hmm. and how you're going to feel. Um, as like a female writer of color mm-hmm. and just right. like you just don't know yeah. what that's gonna be like. Um, but from there we did, after Mary, we were on The Grinder. Uh, that was on Fox. Oh, yes. <laughs> I watched that show. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, Which uh, episodes did, were you credited with or you and Bridget credited with? Yeah. I couldn't. Can't tell. I can't remember can't, right yeah. now. <laughs> I can't remember. It's, it's listed on um, IMDb. IMDb. But, yeah. If you want, it, we'll, leave, we'll leave her IMDb in the comments below, the show, <laughs> yeah. show notes. Um. Um, and then after Grinder, only last one for one season, unfortunately, we jumped onto Superstore. Mm. At the time, it was on its second season when we joined. Okay. And so we've been there ever since, and we're going to start up the fourth season in... Actually, next week. Sounds good. <laughs> the writer's room starts up next week. So, so I caught you right before the storm. Yeah, right before, yeah, the, right storm. before the storm. Yeah. Uh, but that's it in a nutshell. That's it. That's, <laughs> that's Vicky in a nutshell. Yay. Yeah. Um, uh, Dan, what do you think of Grinder? I enjoyed it. I mean, I think I enjoy those, those shows where they have some aging star um, from some Hollywood star who's like going back into regular life. It's kind of like... Um, the bitch from Apartment Twenty Three or whatever, mm-hmm. where they had James yeah. Vanderbeek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's a great show. <laughs> um, also canceled. I, yeah. No, canceled before its time. Kristen Ritter, really funny. Yeah. So one thing I, I want to touch on, like in these writer room rooms, are you the are you usually the only person of color, or is it fairly diverse now? It's it's been like. Um, for most of my shows, I've been the only person of color, oh. um, and so I am filling the diversity quota. <laughs> uh. But um, but I'm super sorry. It was probably the most diverse writing um, staff I've been on with, mm. and then yeah, I would say super is the most diverse. But yeah, I mean, it's always like it's always interesting because my writing partner is a white lady, mm. um, and so she and I are always. It's very interesting because like we're 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 sort of diverse all around because we're like two women, we're a two for one deal, <laughs> a writing partnership. You're splitting a salary, and then for me, like I cover diversity, so it is like an interesting thing to go into it, knowing that you are filling that slot, but yeah. at the same time, you want to 
It's like I have mixed feelings. It's like I don't. I understand that I'm filling a quota, but once you're in there, it's sort of the challenge is to make it known that you're not just there to fill mm-hmm. like a quota. You know mm. that you are a good writer and you're worth keeping around, so not just to like, you know, mm-hmm. be that diversity person. Yeah. So you yeah. do feel a little bit of that pressure to prove yourself, I guess, maybe or. Or, you're, you, or you personally like to get the job done. It seems like you, as a kid, you were kind of like overachiever anyway. So, <laughs> right. yeah, so, um, but I guess when you're in the room, you gotta, you gotta get, get shit done, I guess, right? Or <laughs> right, yeah. Right. I think, I mean, I think any writer starting out wants to prove, them. prove themselves. Sure, sure, you know? sure. So it's yeah. like, it's, it's, um, I would say, I, yeah, I mean, I felt definitely a little, pr- I mean, it's like, it's always there, right? You just wanna make sure I'm not just like, Hey, I'm not just here to fill a quota. Like yeah. it's always just kind of like in the back of your head, and you yeah. just want to make sure that you're. And it's like, I mean, for me, it's been the challenge of like, oh, am I just here to like be here and like fill a slot, or yeah. am I actually being like appreciated as a writer? And so it's always yeah. um, something that's like gnawing in the back of your head. But most writers are anxious about one thing or another. You're for sure. like constantly filled with anxiety, and mm. I mean the the environment for it is. Even though everyone's really nice, it's so nerve-wracking because you're just there to, like, pitch ideas and pitch jokes. Especially in comedy, you're, like, pitching jokes and pitching stories, and you're just hoping that what you say at the end of this, people laugh, and there's not just silence when you stop talking. And uh, so it's, like, every time I open my mouth, I'm just... I start talking, and then in my head, I'm just like, oh, this is a terrible idea. Why did I start talking? Maybe something awful will happen maybe the fire alarm will go off and then i just want to finish the sentence oh wow. and so like a lot of those internal thoughts go through your head at the end of just like ha- a pitch you just has like, that ever happened where it was just crickets um i mean yes probably yeah. <laughs> like, i mean I you're guess, pitching a lot yeah, yeah, yeah you're pitching a lot so not everything even yeah. like the most veteran people like you're, you know, it's, it's, you get a couple of hits and misses, but, but it's like how you recover from that is like sort of, you know, and a lot of it is, you just, you know, you just take it, you just can't win, you can't always win, and so you just have to bow out gracefully, and not like, Mm. not re-pitch, or just like one of the worst things you can do, like, like if you think no one laughs, like, like, yeah, yeah, you're like that stand-up who, like, gets mad at the audience for not laughing, Yeah. So you say the you're joke like, again. Maybe you guys didn't hear yeah, me. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, and you're like, no. Everyone always hears you. Yeah. So if you're hit with silence, don't repitch anything. Mm. So Laura, like, um, I'll, I want to bring Laura into this. Uh, as far as like the writers having anxiety, do you find that true in you from your own experience, or? Oh, from my experience as a. From as uh, two, two, twofold, like as yourself a... as a writer and. Mm-hmm. Um, you having met lots of writers in your life, you know? Oh, for sure, yeah. 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 Um, I'm a deeply medicated person, uh, (laughs) medicated and deeply anxious person. Mm. Uh, And, I mean, I think that our um, MFA cohort is a, you know, it's a full of people who are dealing with uh, their own thought processes and uh shout out to joseph yeah so yeah Yeah, congrats joseph yeah yeah Yeah, one of our cohorts deeply anxious guy i mean he'll be the first to admit it but uh he he finally got his uh graduate he grad he finished all his credits but he finally walked this year but anyway sorry your train Uh, of thought oh yeah yeah yeah. um i mean yes yes i i have uh come across a lot of um 
I think I attra- I just it's hard for me to tell because I attract um, anxious people. Uh, um, I don't really like attract as in like a dating situation no, or no, no, friendship. No, 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 just friendship. Okay, it just generally people. across yeah. the board. Yeah, um, like you walk on the street and like, these, pe- yeah, these yeah, anxious yeah. people it's start. Like, you know, they, they can they can see it in me and I can see it in them, and so it's. I, I feel the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You're drawn to each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, let's open this up. I mean, is it because the profession itself? Is it like, what's the cause? You know, they talk about you know dual causality. Is it is it because the craft of writing creates anxiety, or is it because the craft of writing attracts anxious people? You know, which is it? Is chicken or the egg? You know, um, have you guys given this any thought, or not so much? Or I mean, I think it's different for each person. Mm-hmm. I would say I definitely became a more anxious person mm-hmm. um, when I started writing because. Mm-hmm. So much of going into it is like, I mean, so much of being good in a writer's room is that people like you. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden you, and I went through a lot of my life being like, I don't care what people think. Like I hit a plateau in my life of like coming out and being out and proud and like not caring in high school anymore, not caring in college about like what people think of you and Mm -hmm. any of that. So you have like that mentality and you're like, good, I'm solid. Like I'm going to get through life because like Mm -hmm. I just don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then you're in this like writer situation and like everyone is telling you like, hey, just be likable so that they like keep you around. And then you're like, what? And then all of a sudden like that's all in your head. Where it's like all I have to do is have people like me. And I mean, yes, you have to be a talented writer, but at the same time it's just like, it's a, a very group of dynamic situation where you want people to like you and then all of a sudden you're doing everything in your head being like oh god like i hope i'm not pitching too much or i hope i'm not saying like dumb things and like you just start getting crazy yeah. in your head and so mm. that's sort of um the anxiety yeah. that builds on it but yeah so huh. though. yeah now, and i guess that's where the hiking and the, the camping comes in it's kind of like to depressurize that anxiety maybe yeah i mean yeah. there's no like when you're just out there walking yeah. around, I don't have to like poop myself. To a tree or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like kind of zen out. I try to be as calm as possible. So that That's good, yeah. I don't freak out too much. <laughs> um, okay, Laura, correct. Yeah. So Laura's my go-to. Um, she's my counsel in LGBTQ things. Is, <laughs> if I ask I Vicky about her coming out story, is that too stereotypical or is that, is that okay? Um, I think it's up to, I think it's up to her. Okay. I don't know if that's a, I don't, I don't have a universal, you know, one, one. <laughs> right. Like, the yeah, fact that I'm response. asking you. The fact yeah. that you're asking yes. me and uh, our diverting God, question failed. to me, <laughs> a white yeah. queer person. Um, well, Laura has to text the embassy yeah, yeah. to make sure it's okay. Yes. <laughs> I can't, I don't know no, what to okay. do. No, it's yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, no, so, I can talk about it. It's okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I let's, can we, tr- yeah. let's backtrack a little bit. Like yeah, in Milpitas, like, uh, like uh, when did you kind of know that you were not attracted to, you know, the opposite sex, I guess? Well, um, I mean, I didn't come out till college. Mm. So um, I did like date a couple boys in high school. Mm. Just because like, I mean, the attraction was like, oh, I think this person's really cool. <laughs> oh, I think we would have yeah. probably would have been better off if we were just stay friends. Homies, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. there was, you know, social pressure. Social to, like, pressure, yeah. Because you went um, to prom and stuff too. I think I see your I saw your prom picture. I know. Yeah, 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 I was yeah. prom queen, James. Oh shit, you're you were. Get it right. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you are you are very likable. 
possible. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that's true. But that aside, yeah. but I was, I mean, I wasn't like, I wasn't like super girly. I'm pretty much exactly what I was oh. now than I was then. Um, but I didn't come out till college because I like left, you know, my hometown. I got to be like going out on my own. I'm going to reinvent myself. And like, I sort of came out as like bi is like what couple of people do as like a stepping stone. It is a real thing. But for me, I came out because oh. I didn't want to like delegitimize like all the relationships that I had in the past. Cause I was uh. like, Hey, I didn't want to be like, yeah. just the finger to all those guys. But, um, so I started came as by and then sort of had to admit to myself that I had like a huge crush on my best friend in high school at the time and, or like oh. one of my best friends and like, do I know her? I, anyways, oh. <laughs> I, yes, I'm, I'm sure you do. But uh, yeah. Yeah. She'll remain anonymous. I, I, yeah. Um, I hope I, I hope I didn't message that. Uh, just for our audience, I messaged, I messaged, I text messaged <laughs> my, well, I Facebook messaged my high school crush today cause Sorry, this is the tangent. No, so, <laughs> that's okay. So basically, MHS had a we have a alumni to, you know, two thousand two alumni uh, group, and then um, they're talking about crushes, right? And I was just like, I, you know, I wrote a funny thing. I didn't say the name, but I just wrote like a funny thing. Oh, I had a crush on a sh you know girl with short hair and another girl with wavy hair. And one girl was a sophomore. Blah blah blah. <laughs> and then I started thinking about it, like, all your fuck, where what's she doing right now? You know? And then like Facebook. Mm -hmm. I look her up. I'm like, okay, there's, you know, we're not friends. Um, so I'm like, fuck, should I do it? So this whole weekend I was being kind of anxious about like, should I message her or not? And the fact that I had carried all this anxiety, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Just say hi and see how she's doing. You know, mm -hmm. why not? Yeah. And uh, we'll see what happens. So today, speaking of anxiety, today has been a very anxious day because I sent that message uh, like around lunchtime and I've been like, trying to do my errands and stuff, mm -hmm. you know, but I'm, you know, kind of checking the phone. But. Yeah. Has she messaged you back? Uh, no, no, but okay. you know what? It, that's okay. Stay because tuned. there's a lot of people don't use messenger. <laughs> like a lot of people, <laughs> yeah. maybe she doesn't get yeah. it. Maybe, maybe she, she doesn't, doesn't she doesn't have the app. You yeah, know? It's, yeah. It's tough. That app is so stupid. It's so, yeah. so it's wonky. Really... So I have like, a lot of messages on that that I miss because right. I just don't check yeah, it. Yeah. So yeah. what I have to do is I have to go back to Mopedia's, find her and this. I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. This has turned into a true yeah. crime. True crime. No, so sorry. This is where I stop. This is where. This is where Laura yeah. stops me and uses yeah, her. The yeah. Okay. Music starts. <laughs> so serial season one, by the way. Yeah. yeah the season two was not that. Good. That's but, when I, James. Uh, yeah. You like season two? I, I I okay. I didn't listen to all of it. Uh, okay. But season I like, two. I like season the, one. You can't start off with. I like the a murder and then. Season yeah. two. Yeah. yeah. Dude, season the one, I was evil. like, the, the socio-political ramifications. I guess. Like, I couldn't yeah. stick with it. Yeah, I, I couldn't stick with it either. Again, I did not finish it. Yeah. I, I wish that I liked it, is what, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, let's... So, um, <laughs> you, you, you liked a girl in Back high school. Um, did you ever... So, so what happened? Yeah. Uh, okay, well, I mean, we're still... Fr we're friends now. Great, um, yeah. So... So when did you realize you realized this in college that you I realized that in college I sort of like because you were still it's best like in friends. retrospect yeah. we were there was like moments in high school um, that that were like dramatic or whatever or very emotional for me that at the time um, Fortune Fumster has this like great bit that she does where it's like she is which I had I relate to very much where you just got like, got upset because your best friend is like has a boyfriend now and people are like why are you so mad and i'm like because she's my best friend and we're not hanging out anymore <laughs> and you have this like just crazy reaction to something 
and you just deem it as like a deep level of friendship and then it's like in retrospect you go to college you're like oh you unpackage it no that wasn't it yeah Yeah. i liked her Ah. more than a friend um so there was that realization and Mm. then just i mean in college i was just around i had a girl that lived across from me that ended up being queer and she like just like sniffed it out in me like she knew that I was like curious and like invited me to this party (laughs) she invited me to this party and like that was like full of just like queer people and I just like had this moment where I stepped into this party and felt like I was with my people with your people the sense of belonging sense of belonging yeah Yeah, that I and I had a very good high school experience but I just didn't have necessarily what I found in college of just being around like like queer people, queer people of color, and just mm. having that experience and just um, being exposed to it. And it just, it you know, clicked. Something clicked, and I guess that's how you... I mean, would it be fair it. to say, being a Mopetian myself, like, you know, it's it's not something that is uh, really openly discussed, in, well, when we were in high school. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was around, like, some people... We yeah, knew. there was a Rainbow Alliance, but okay. it wasn't big. There was, like, yeah. a handful of people... Yeah. And then you just thought they were, I think it was mostly just like theater kids. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And it was, so it wasn't, it was, the vibe was interesting because it wasn't that, it wasn't that it was like a very, like, I think you could have come out. I don't think it was necessarily yeah, I don't like a think scary homophobic environment. No, no. It's just it wasn't, there was a couple people that were out that I knew were out. Yeah. Um, But it just wasn't, at least for me, and it was mostly like family pressure to like not come out because not knowing how my parents were going to react. Yeah. Um, and just no you're not like exposed you're just not sure there's a lot of just like uncertainty about what you're feeling and because you don't have any like you know growing up for me like i didn't really have any queer role models that Mm. were like out and proud like ellen wasn't around yet you know (laughs) dancing around on her show so you just didn't (laughs) have that and so you just kind of like kept it in until you could go away from to college and become somebody different and new and your family is vietnamese chinese or just strictly vietnamese uh vietnamese chinese vietnamese chinese dad is vietnamese and my mom is chinese but grew up in vietnam ah so she's a hua chow she's a overseas chinese okay so So you guys speak cantonese or uh, vietnamese we speak vietnamese Vietnamese at home okay so um because my dad doesn't he only speaks vietnamese my dad and my mom speaks both cantonese and vietnamese so i guess conversational you're fairly fluent yeah I'm like I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can talk. I can talk to my parents. Yeah, and then yeah. like kind of order food sometimes. Sure, sure. And then um, I think when I'm home, my Vietnamese does get a little better because mm. I'm more immersed in it. But um, outside, it, there's like a lot of pressure. My wife's always like, "Talk to them in Vietnamese." I was like, "No, <laughs> they're gonna make fun of me. I'm gonna sound so dumb." Oh. <laughs> but it's like I understand more than I can like speak. speak I guess yeah. yeah. Like I can always like understand know. what's going on, but it's hard for me to like reply sometimes right so and uh i got a question how yeah, did yeah. your parents react when you came out there we go that's oh. dance stole my question <laughs> um so this was in college i guess this yeah. was in college yeah so it came out in probably the most dramatic way possible so in college i made a short film about a girl in love with her best friend who <sighs> get caught by a disapproving mom so it was oh like very gosh. just everything just coming out of me where can we watch this, <laughs> this uh, it's been all the copies have been burned um so it's uh i had that and i brought it back because i actually i came out to all my friends from high school at that point i think everybody knew except for my parents and so i brought the short film back with me 
I mean, like, I, I think maybe subconsciously I was like, maybe my parents, I didn't hide it in the best place. I just kept it like in a bag that was like open and exposed. And so my mom like saw the film and while I was out hanging with some friends, I came back home and she was like, Vicky, can I talk to you? And so we went, I went into her room and saw that like the DVD box was like open on the bed and she had like watched this film. And she sort of just like pointed to the movie and was like, "What is this about?" And I was like, "Um, well." And are you an actor in it or? No, I'm just. Um, we all had to. It was like part of our project, so we all had to like write and direct our own short films okay. at the time. So you're not the one. You're not the actor that's. I'm not out. in it, but yeah. it was like very clearly about like yeah, yeah. two girls. Like there's like a kissing scene and wow. like a mom that cries because she's sad about it. It was not great, but <laughs> it, was, it was what I was feeling at the time. It's what um, you needed to do, yeah. And so, I don't know. I'm really bad, like, when it's uncomfortable, I just start laughing. So I just started laughing a lot. And my mom was in tears, and I was laughing at her. It was a really bad situation. Uh, and I'm like, I don't mean to laugh at you. I just feel so uncomfortable, and I don't know what to do. And just, you know, I had to come out to her at that point. And it was just like, well, Mom, you know, like, I'm a lesbian. And, um, you know, it was, it was tough coming out. Like, she... She and I didn't have like it wasn't an easy coming out, but it was, it was, a lot of, a lot of like tears, a lot of conversations, and some more tears, and some like frustrating conversations that had to be had. Um, but, you know, I got I think I got very lucky. Like I think my mom had, like you know, like you hear a lot of kids like getting disowned and just their parents never talking to them again, and so that very well could have been my journey. But my mom. You know, she had to have as much patience with me as I had to have with her. Mm. Um, because, I mean, I get it. You come out and just, like, your perception of your kid is just very different from what you thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, my dad's reaction was great, though, because we went downstairs to tell my dad. And I came out to him, and he just, like, stared at me. And he's like, okay, well, just, you know, graduate and get a job. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, cool, dad. Got it. Like he's very like just very like by the book like because <laughs> he's not an emotional guy at all so he was very just like okay does this mean anything bad no yeah. okay you know went back to it and um yeah and I have a brother who knew at the time also um and so I, felt, I felt bad mostly I felt bad for my mom because she asked her was like does this person know does this person know does and I was like I'm like literally mom all of Los Angeles knows you're the last person to know <laughs> I'm like everyone knows except for you oh, I'm God. very sorry for that um, but it's you know she's the hardest person to tell and it's just yes, like so. um, but here we are um, yeah. a couple of years later she's you know after yeah I mean she's great about it now mm. she knows my wife she's very accepting we had a wedding everyone was there and okay. happy um but I think it was, I will say, I think it, it took up to, I mean, Haley and I had been together for five years. I think it took the wedding for my mom to actually see that I was going to be okay. Oh. Like, I think she still had her reservations about, not Haley necessarily, but just, like, thinking that my life was going to be very difficult and a struggle right. because I was, you know, quote-unquote different. Mm. Um, but she had to see that at this wedding we had, a ton of family and friends around yeah and like yeah. everything was you know the wedding was like again like normal like quote you know but sure. she had to see that we're 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 doing okay you know right. we're happy and like everyone is happy for us and people care about us and so she had to like actually physically see all that to like really take it in and be mm. happy for us so to go through that that process or the ritual of marriage yeah yeah, yeah. 
Dan, um, how are you on time? You, I'll, I'll give you the last questions to you before you have to go. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't have a last question. I was just thinking. I, I just wanted more. Um, I wanted to know more about the writers' room. If I had more time, I, I would totally ask you a ton of questions about it. Yeah. But I have to like, get my mom to the airport at five in the morning tomorrow. Oh, no. Um, so. Well, I mean, do you, what's what's one question you want to ask? I mean, w you're credited for um, some episodes at Superstore, and then how does it uh, come about that? Uh, I, I mean. I don't know how many people are in the writer's room for any given show, but mm -hmm. um, if your stories are selected, do you, do you and your writing partner just go off and write that, that screen or that, that episode and then go from there? And then for the next episodes, you just keep on pitching ideas until one's picked up again? Um, yeah, that's a good question. It's, um, that process is always interesting. So in a writer's room, even though your name is on an episode, it's a very collaborative process. So everybody at the beginning of a season, we're all pitching stories. Um, a writer's room can have anywhere between like eight to like 15 people mm. or like even 20 sometimes. There's like some huge rooms. But um, at the beginning of the season, everyone's just like, everyone pitches stories and you just have, sometimes the, the showrunner will have like a general arc for a character that they want to address. So um, you're kind of just pitching as many stories as you possibly can. People are like adding stories and we're combining other people's pitches and stuff like that. And so as a room, you're sort of breaking out stories. So episode mm. one, everyone will like help pitch in, like how does this story break out? Um, and from there, people are basically assigned an episode. So it's mm. not necessarily that it's your idea that's going to be written. Like you, your pitch might be someone else's episode that they're writing out. Um, that fits so, into this overarching structure that's already been broken. Yeah, and so, so everyone's okay. like, as a room, you're like breaking the stories together, and then you get it to a point where it's kind of like um, a story outline. Mm. And so from there, you get assigned an episode, and that writer or writers will take it and write as like an official outline for it. And then you bring it back to the room and everybody gives their notes and the showrunner has the final say. So they'll give their notes. Everyone will pitch like jokes within each scene. Mm. Um, but you kind of like, you're sort of like the person that's kind of like directing the episode. So even your name is on it in the sense that you spend the most time with the episode because you're writing the original outline. Mm. And then after the outline, you go off and write the original writer's draft. Okay. And you're writing sort of like the bones for it. But in conjunction of like taking other people's ideas and putting it into like actual dialogue and scenes and stuff. Um, and then you bring it back to the room and yeah. then everyone, again, everyone like, you know, everyone reads it and is like, this scene didn't really work or this could be funnier. Like you yeah. punch things up and you alt, you alt lines and you alt jokes. Um, and you just kind of go from there. And it's like, it's a lot of back and forth of just, and as a writer, you, you can kind of be in there and to be like, oh, well, we, this scene is supposed to make, like this scene work and you kind of just like you have an overall picture of the episode mm. and you try your best to sort of like uh, steer the ship in the right direction kind of a thing um, with the help of all your writers mm. and then usually if your name is assigned then you're also on set while the episode is shooting okay and that's when you have like you know you're speaking or um, yeah I mean everyone has like their own title and they are on set for it and you're kind of there to sort of make sure that the showrunner's vision is being heard. Because like okay. a, for a television, you always have a, a guest director usually. Okay. Um, and so they're the ones that, they have a vision too, and they'll have their own ideas. But mm. as a writer, you sort of 
are there to keep the tone of the show because you know you know sometimes you'll know it better than like an outside director if they're directing sure. an episode for the first time because they're usually and, like work for hire right they're yeah work for hire and like yeah. you know they're all great but it's like sometimes they'll have a pitch that doesn't quite fit with the tone of what you know your showrunner likes and it's like mm. oh he doesn't really like even like shot ideas it's like we don't really like do those kinds of shots we're more like the kind of show that we are we stay we don't get too close it's like stuff like that that you're just uh, aware of because you're you have the input of all the writers and you have the input of the showrunner itself and then you're on set to like pitch different jokes and stuff also mm. if um, a lot of times actors will read lines and they'll be like you know what this isn't working um and in that moment you have to just kind of be like okay what are some alts that we can do and uh, <laughs> so that's your job is to give alternate like yeah okay yeah and then i mean sometimes you'll have alts also from the room and then oh. sometimes just stuff comes up that you didn't think was going to be an issue but mm. you know right like it's just like stuff will come up and you're like yeah that, that's not working like mm. you just see it on its feet and you're just like you're right the scene isn't working necessarily so let's try and rethink of it and then so yeah it's a very very collaborative process right. and so now is that the end so then do you work but then post-production someone else takes care of that and all that yeah so there's an editor and then usually the showrunner is or the executive producer will have like final say of the cut, but mm. um, there's various cuts. So you have the editor's cut, <laughs> the first, so they'll take it, and then you have the director's cut, so they'll go through it in a pass. Okay. And then you have, you do have the like writer's cut, writer's oh. producer's cut, so okay. we'll be able to take a pass at it. Okay. And then you have the final cut, which is like the showrunner's cut. Wow. Showrunner, like executive producer's cut, and they'll like they are usually the last person to. But I mean, and in between all this, you get notes from studio and you get notes from network. Mm. So there's a lot of hands <laughs> and a lot of voices um, involved. So, and the network studio notes are, you know, you take them or leave them. But, you know, they're, because we're all trying to make like the best product. So it's, right. it's, but it's not always like, sometimes it's like the notes are contradictive to what you think is going to be good. And so uh. you have to like figure out a way to make things work. Now, as you as a writer, are you? Uh, do you have that authority to say, "Hey, this this studio note does not work. Yeah, I don't care who's it from, but I gotta stick to my guns." Or, I mean, I don't necessarily have the right to say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's a showrunner, I guess. It's yeah. a showrunner's ultimate call, and yeah. I got you. Yeah. I won't say I won't spill ill of the people that are hiring me, but sure, it's, no, it's, no, um, no. They sometimes probably give you good notes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like everyone is just trying to, like, everyone's coming in from a different perspective. Yeah. You know, you're coming from it from like the creative perspective of like we just want to tell funny jokes, right? Like, especially as like us as writers, we're like, let's just tell the funniest jokes and then like other people are looking at it as like what appeals to the audience right now it's mm. like audience loves like a good heartfelt moment in this or like you know they like a lot of background story and like or someone else is looking at it for like what's the bigger picture of the arc of this so it's, it's just like right. coming from it from various different perspectives yeah cool yeah Dan yes uh, yeah. Uh, yeah thank you very for that information yeah yeah i have to unfortunately uh cut off so my mom can get some sleep <laughs> awesome okay well dan thanks for joining well, us wait dan i have a question for you yeah, yeah. sure um, yeah. did your mom like fast and furious five <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah she oh well, she, she doesn't understand all the dialogue obviously she's from japan okay so she just wanted an action movie i showed her mi4 yesterday and she really liked that <laughs> okay. she didn't like mi5 as much <laughs> oh, okay mm. I know that oh, because she didn't like want really to bother finishing action. it. Yeah, action films. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, it, cool. it translates easily. Yeah. Right, right, right. Like, her, how's her English level? It's like, okay? Or? It's, 
it's just okay. I mean, ah. it, she can get by, but she's she's not gonna hold a conversation in English anymore. Gotcha. She didn't see Tokyo Drift then, or? Uh, that's a one? garbage movie. Is that the worst one? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Oh, damn, it has Asians I, though. Finally. I only uh, saw seven. But the main char- <laughs> the, the like, main character is a white dude. Who's like yeah. Paul Walker. And it's a kid. From, no, 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 no. It's no? a kid from no, Sling Blade. A guy who's bl- what, not Paul Walker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Paul, Paul Walker not, and Paul, Paul Walker and Vin Diesel are both not in it. Wait, he passed away. Yeah. Tragically, I should do that. Paul Walker. But I didn't know that. Anyways, so he's not in Tokyo. All right, Dan. So, okay, yeah. sorry, Dan. Sorry, Let's chat next time. Okay. This is obviously a rich topic. You still need so a, we'll come back to you it. need to pick up your dog food, by the way. But yeah, okay. <laughs> Bye, oh Dan. yes. Good to Bye, talk to you, Dan. Nice meeting you. Good talking. Uh, Bye. So we can keep uh, talking. Yeah. Dan, you can leave, I guess. Um, uh, <laughs> He's gone. Let's see where are we at. We're at almost an hour. Just to uh, clarify, Paul Walker is in it, but he's not the main character of, oh. of that movie. Yeah. That's weird. He's kind of like a secondary. I thought he was in all of them. Is that a spoiler or I guess not, I don't really. Know. not really, okay. He um, did like surprise appearance or who's something. Who's the main guy? I don't he wasn't in any of the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. It obviously like didn't a, work. Yeah. You're yeah. like put Paul and yeah. Ben back in it. <laughs> he was almost like unmemorable white dude. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. Um <laughs> so up to you, depending on your time right now, it's about ten ish. Uh yeah. yeah, maybe we'll go for another fifteen ish minutes or something like that. Sure, yeah. Twenty, yeah. Um we'll see how it goes. But uh, <laughs> I I think um I think Mopedis is an interesting place for like it's not conservative really, but mm-hmm. it's more like there's this unspoken like um tons of Asians there by the way. Yeah. H- huge like I, I didn't really find that many I, I didn't really understand this whole like I, I understood like racial dynamics a little bit, mm-hmm. but not in the way until I went to college where I saw a lot more white people, a lot more black people mm-hmm. and these racial dynamics, especially with dating and uh, Asian uh, Asian men like mm-hmm. you know uh, my like my male, Asian male heterosexual perspective of like trying to like get chicks and they're like wait <laughs> but oh i'm not like the norm i'm like i'm like the alternative choice i guess i don't know um yeah yeah i'm not like the first choice and i was just like what but that was the i was the only choice back in high school i was like, like <laughs> we're all asian yeah, everyone's, yeah. Asian. everyone's yeah. asian yeah yeah so um so but that's i do think that you did touch upon like there's kind of this unspoken um, maybe pressure. I don't know. Of of, but I love Mopitas though. I love mm-hmm. going back, yeah. and I think there's a lot. There's an ease to that area compared to. I guess there is a certain anxiety I feel in LA because it's so close to the industry or whatever, and mm-hmm. people people fronting. But there's <laughs> there's nice people here too. Like Laura's from LA, so mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and I I do think that it's that kind of NorCal lens. I had to shift. You know, it's like. Yeah is like, oh, I'm from NorCal, so, you know, LA sucks, but I'm trying <laughs> to be a little bit more open-minded, I definitely think. Um, but the the move for you, how, the transition to LA, did, did you like it, or? Um, I mean, it was difficult at first, like I said, like, right after I graduated college, I was like, do I move back to NorCal? Yeah, so yeah, because so you were so homesick, but yeah, yeah. I will say, like, I actually, I love LA, you okay. know, and I will, I will defend it to the my death because wow. <laughs> I think it gets a lot of hate and um, for sure mm-hmm. but I think it's 
I don't know. I found I found so much happiness in LA mm. that it's like hard for me to hate it because it's mm-hmm. you know I found success in like obviously my love life and yeah. like my career and just like I have like a really great group of friends now that mm. um, I think I wouldn't have found if it wasn't for LA and um, it's like anything you want to do you can do here like any yeah. kind of food you want to eat yeah. you can eat it's just like it's amazing there's so many facets of LA because I think people think. I don't know. For some reason, when people hate LA, they hate like very specific parts of LA. Yeah. yeah. It's like they don't. Yeah. I was like, oh, have you been to like this area? I was like, have you been to yeah. even like downtown LA? And they're like, what? Yeah. Like you hang out there? And it's like, yeah, there's so much to do. <laughs> there's like anything that you want to do, you know? Yeah. So it's, I think it's great. And it's like, you know, especially being like a queer person of color, it's like West Hollywood, as, yeah. you know, as grody it can get, it's like, I mean, it was, it was amazing to be young and gay at that time and mm-hmm. have a place like West Hollywood to go to, to like be silly and make mistakes. But like, you know, <laughs> and so you're just like, that's great. And you have like the freedom and accessibility to do that. And I think it's, it, yeah, so I, I really like LA. Mm. You want to support LA at all? or I love LA. I, I, I didn't like it. Uh, or at, at least I thought I didn't like it growing yeah. up, but, um, I mean, it was probably just like a petulant, like I want to be anywhere, but where I came from. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, LA, LA is great. Okay. It's really great. Yeah. Um, yeah, everything, everything Vicky said. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I guess my, cause I've been. You know, you know, Laura knows this, but like I've been dating a lot in LA, mm-hmm. and I think what I've done is I've attached my dating frustration to this, you know, this amorphous place. When someone says they hate a place, it's like, what do you mean by that? Like, mm-hmm. what specific yeah. area? Do yeah. you hate the people? It to say you hate a place is it's kind of a vague statement. Like, yeah. we, we have to break it down. So what I think I've broken it down to is like I've connected my frustrations, dating frustrations, probably with the, the mm-hmm. place. And, you know, I've had L.A. people say, yeah, L.A. is probably not the best place for dating. But, I mean, so going back to Vicky's, so, so sorry, I always talk about me, but. No. <laughs> but, it's like. It's your podcast. It's your podcast. Yeah. You gotta know you too, man. <laughs> uh, thank you. Um, so, but, like, what, um, can we can we dig into, like, yeah, you mentioned your love life. Like, did you meet your wife? Is she from L.A.? No. Uh, well, she went to UC Irvine. Um, and we met through like mutual friends, but she's actually from Northern California also. Okay. But we didn't know each other back up there. Mm. No, like she lives not in the town. Opetus, I not from no. no, like okay. Fairfield. So it's okay. like like roughly an hour away. So it's wow. like we went to different schools and stuff. But um, yeah, we met through mutual friends. Um, one of them I dated, and so but and it was. Oh, actually, we can take uh, off the James, headphones. An aside that is very common in the queer community too. Well, uh, we can take it. Like yeah, because they were only for Dan, I guess, yeah. Um, he just ignored all, all <laughs> no, of my insider perspective. No, oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. It was an important oh, yeah. point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's very common for um, people, especially in the, the lesbian or um, queer as, uh, communities of queer women, for, like, interdating and mm-hmm. kind of an yeah. incestuous uh, oh. to go on. Yeah. Not, not, like... Real incest? No, no, I know. That was, that was you looked really confused. Not British incest. Not like, not like inbreeding. <laughs> Shout out yeah. to the British people. We, know, yeah. we, we, we love you. Yeah. Um, um, we love you. Um, no, so incestual, in like, like basically within yeah, groups friends, of friends, you will yeah, introduce, exactly, say, hey, this yeah. is my friend. Yeah, you know. we dated 
uh, here's this other person oh. I date. Why don't you guys date now? Oh, because in, in, in the heterosexual world, men are very territorial. Like, yeah. hey, I dated that girl. Sure. You can't date her anymore. Yeah. Like, there's right. that. There's, there's yeah. the, the, um... Is it a, a, a bro, bro code? It's kind of like a bro code, yeah. <laughs> what yeah. is the, the bro? Is it the, bro? It the, the bro? The, the bro? The code of bro? No, it's, it's, it's the bro code, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that's a testament because, like, I think being a lesbian, it's like your group of friends is also your, like, dating mm-hmm. circle, you know? So it's just, like wow. you meet these people that yeah. you're, that's so you're amazing. drawn to because you feel, yeah. like, supported by this community. Yeah. But at the same time, you're, like, you're... That's also yeah. who you're going to date, probably, you know? And so it is, it is like a stereotype of like, you break up and you stay friends. Like, I, I'm actually friends with like all my exes for the wow. most part. Like, yeah. except for like maybe one I can think what, of. What, okay. What's yeah. wrong with men and heterosexual? Like, yeah, we, <laughs> we like, I, I can't be, I, I recently Facebook friend my ex like a year ago. Um, but like, I'm, I kind of regret it because I don't want to see any pictures of her and her, <laughs> her husband, and you know, so like. But I think it's just like the pool is so much smaller. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know? yeah it's like yeah. straight people are like, okay, bye. And then they get turned around. Like they <laughs> yeah, just go somewhere else. There's millions everywhere. and millions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, like, billions maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's obviously not true for all lesbians oh. and stuff. Oh, sure. But it's just like, it's like, like once you break it down, it's like, especially for like, like being a lesbian and then being an Asian lesbian, it's like, you know, you start off with a big circle and you can, you only get smaller and smaller and smaller. <laughs> and so it's just like, the, and then you're like LA, like yeah. Asian lesbians. It's just like, so everyone just ends up like knowing each other. Like, ah. yeah. So there's not, not because of that. Do you find any sort of like, is there any conflicts at all? Like, Hey, you know, are they? You, like, I mean, is there any drama? Drama, yeah. yeah. Like, like you're drama. dating my ex. Like, yeah, yeah. I thought we were friends. You know, that's what guys. You know, like, like I real talk. Like, I've you know, I, I've I, I would feel weird <laughs> if my friend dated my ex. You know, yeah. 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 Have I dated a guy, a, one of my friends' exes? I thought about it, but I I don't. I think I don't think I have. I yeah. think that there are um there de- there's definitely there are conflicts and drama around around that, but I think that there's less of a choice and like you kind of have to keep you got to keep your community mm-hmm. like it's also right. a matter yeah. of like these are the people that are on the that truly understand you yeah. okay like, so it's it's kind of a different thing huh because they're also like your i mean we say like family with an R. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, so like, yeah. No, I, like me and my friends, like there's just like or like there's that, and there's also like chosen family. So it's, uh, like, these are these are like my chosen family because it's like some people just don't have, you know, the option to, like, cut someone out of their life because right. it, you know, because it's like mm-hmm. you made such a connection with somebody. Um, but yeah, so going back to your wife, like, was there that? So she was a friend of a friend. Friend of a friend. And you guys just hit it off or like... Uh... Well, we started off as friends. We were friends for probably like two years before oh, wow. we started dating because we were never... Like when I met her, I was interested in somebody else and she uh... was kind of getting out of a relationship or still in one. It was unclear. Um, but essentially we were never like single at the same time. It just never like kind of worked out. Yeah, yeah. Way, but timing, yeah. Timing and then friends for two years and then I learned that she had always had her crush on me oh. um, she claims that she gave me some very clear signs but I will to this day 
say that they were not clear. <laughs> I mean, She'd be like, you... you know, like I would sit next to you. And I'm like, that doesn't mean anything. I don't know what that is. Yeah, what does that mean? There was just an empty seat next to you. <laughs> <laughs> so you said, uh, um, and she was like, you know, like I would laugh at your jokes. And it's like, well, I'm funny. Yeah, duh. And everyone else is laughing. Um, but no, but it was just stuff like that. But we ended up going to this event together. So when that stuff happened, we ended up on this event together and we had a mutual friend that was kind of like, hey, you should ask Haley out. And like, we'd go to Haley and be like, hey, you should ask Vicky out. And oh, wow. Like, let's like matchmaker a little bit. And yeah, we ended yeah, up yeah. like asking each other out at the same time. Oh. It was like cute and gross. Um, <laughs> and it kind of like went from there. So we went on wow. like a date finally. Yeah. And we just hit it off. It was, it was good. And I think we met at the right time. I think it really was timing because we just mm. met at a time where we were both sort of ready to be done with sort of mm-hmm. like all the games and like all the bullshit that comes with dating very complicated and yeah. emotionally unavailable girls, which is all I was attracted mm-hmm. to at the time. Oh, really? <laughs> and so it was, it was like a good time because, mm-hmm. you know, and then, yeah. Like, do you find that, um, sorry, Laura, do you have a question? Oh no. Or do you like, be, so you mentioned being uh, Asian and queer, like, is there, what, what, are, I'm so curious because this is, this is outside my uh, scope but mm-hmm. like what's what's the race dynamics within the queer community as far as the lesbian community i guess yeah race dynamics in terms of like like i something i hear for asian men in the gay community is that and i've kind of come across this i you know even though i'm straight i've been hit on by you know a number of men mm-hmm. that because i also work in like the art circles i do some acting too mm-hmm. and like uh, i guess a lot of from my experience so far a lot of gay black men Mm-hmm. Seem to have expressed interest in me. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I do. And I, something I, I was trying <laughs> yeah. to figure out. I know. Yeah, so I'm trying to figure it out. Humble like, brag. oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. No, but I, I do think that may, is there a fetishism? Because I I've heard from some gay male friend, uh, Asian friends, like there's a little bit of fetishization of Asian men yes. in the gay community. Yeah, right. There's exoticism totally, with that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, kind, that's kind of gross. I guess if that's Definitely, if that's yeah. if that's the lens that these these men are hitting on me in with, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'll admit I've been out of the dating game for a while. So I don't know what the... Um, I mean, within Asian lesbians, at least from my experiences, we tend to like stick to dating other Asian lesbians. Oh, so but some like, of your I mean, exes are... But yeah. most, all of my exes are Asian. And oh, then, interesting. Wow. And my wife is mixed, so she's the first... Um, she's Asian and white. And ah, so, okay. But I mean, I don't know. I would say it's not as strict because it's also like... I don't know. They they tend to date any and all races. Mm. <laughs> like yeah, so it wasn't. It's not necessarily. I think for me, it started off strong because like I just was attracted to Asian people because I was growing up in Lapidus. That's all you yeah. saw. Um, and at the time, I had this very insane thought of like, there's just no Asian lesbians. I'm the only <laughs> one. You know, like you just have this like crazy that you just think you're the only one always. Yeah, yeah. And so, discovering that there was like a whole community of them, I was like. Oh my God, like just yeah. like mine. <laughs> so it's just like, it's like this crazy thing. And so you just want to like basically meet as many people as you can. Cause you just thought like this didn't exist. It's like, and you found that in yeah. LA. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I found that in LA. It's That's like discovering great. the mascara. It was just like, what this exists? Like, Oh my God, <laughs> what mascara have I been doing? Oh, discovering mascara. No, mascara, what? the mascara from Wonder Woman. Yeah. The island of Amazonia. Oh, okay, okay. I get it. Reference, I get, I get this reference. That's I'm sorry. not even very specific. Oh, yeah, it's not even very specific. Okay, okay, got it, got it. Come on. I'm sorry. I'm learning. Worldwide blockbuster, man. Was that? <laughs> Wonder Woman. Good film, good film. Yeah. Um. So, 
Yeah, so there's just that. But it's not to say, I don't know, everyone has, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. A, like, I don't, I'm, I'm not as prevalent of the, necessarily, like, mm-hmm. any strict, like, race relations. But mm-hmm. my, my understanding is that um, in the, the gay male community, yeah. um, there's, there's much more kind of, like, specific... Um, subgroups mm-hmm. and like um, kind of targeted, like I don't know, starting from like bears or like right, whatever, yeah. um, and also oh bears, I know this one. This is like <laughs> oh my god, this is like bears are um, kind of like beefy men who have a lot of hair on their chest. Is this true or like uh sorry yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah okay, I mean okay. like yeah. a Bigger, bigger, yeah. dude. bigger dude. Not necessarily buff, but just kind of yeah. like larger yeah, yeah, set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there's um, cubs. Cubs. They're um, like oh, smaller, otters. smaller versions. Yeah. yeah. Otters are like in between. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah, a lot of subsectors. But like for lesbians, there's just like types. Yeah. But yeah. they're all like it's like the labels. It's just all. It's all very fluid. Yeah, it's all okay. very fluid. All I mean, there's like the butch from dynamic, but that's yeah. kind of outdated. I know. It's kind of. Uh, passe. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because now there's yeah. like a thousand labels you can do, mm-hmm. just like play with because it's huh. not, it shouldn't be something that you're boxed yeah. into. It's just yeah. like you could say I'm like, I'm like a soft butch, right. like yeah. granola. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, yeah. there's all these like yeah. very oh, wow. random yeah. things. Okay, yeah. okay. But it's, it is like, yeah, you use it to sort of like, use it to express yourself and like mm. help yourself express identity, but it's not necessarily something that you're like beholden to. Yeah. Like, right. Like, yeah. Like that, it shouldn't be. It yeah. you know it shouldn't be something yeah. that you're boxed into. Totally. Yeah. One thing, like I went traveling recently to Taiwan, and I, I was interviewing some actors for a role, and um, specifically American-born uh, uh, Chinese or Taiwanese Americans, and uh, one one actor I spoke to, he made a good point. It's like, uh, and I think this is maybe most cultures, but he felt that in Taiwan, like everyone needed like. A figure out a label for you before they can like learn how to speak to you so mm-hmm. so being like a Taiwanese American in Taiwan you're you're an ABC mm-hmm. so if you're an ABC American born Chinese then oh then I'm gonna speak to you in this way like I'll, I'll speak my Mandarin very slowly or I'll try mm-hmm. to speak English to you or like and um, and but you're always perpetually not necessarily Taiwanese you know? right and Interesting. and so he had a struggle of like trying to make it as a, a Taiwanese American actor he he wants to play Taiwanese roles, but like people would always question his Mandarin or something like that, even mm-hmm. though he's been worked really hard. So I always, I always, it's interesting this idea of labels, but I like this idea of fluidity, right? Because, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we people change, right? Yeah. And um, and also, I always wonder. There's this idea of like, oh, the label, does it sort of crystallize you in a certain way, or can you? Use that label as a tool to, like, like you said, express yourself, but not necessarily stick you into the mud into yeah. a specific way. So that's something I, I've, I've come across a little bit more recently. Is like this idea of language, right, and mm-hmm. how we use language to navigate the world. But there's also this danger of like where once you label something and you try, it kind of crystallizes into this idea of what does it mean to be butch or what does it mean to be Taiwanese American or mm-hmm. ABC. And I, I don't know, I try to live my life where it's like, I am who I am, and then I help define the labels, maybe. I am Taiwanese American, mm-hmm. or I am from yeah. Lupitas, and then what does that mean? That means whatever, I mean, I, you know, what I'm doing is 
is attached to those labels, you know, because those yeah. are facts. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. Does that make sense, or am I kind of rambling? Yeah. No, I, mean, <laughs> I think it was, I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, in the context of, um, I had a very good friend and mentor, uh, Tracy Katakuriyama, who told me once, because like with writing, it's just like she told me once, like the personal is political. So a lot of like what mm -hmm. you represent and your point of view is coming from is can be very helpful like in your creative process so it's like what you're identifying as and the stories that you're telling it's like like for you you just be telling a simple story of like you growing up with like the relationship you have with your your parents mm -hmm. and like where you are to now yeah and to you it could just feel like a very personal story but the fact that you're like taiwanese american yes. it makes like a huge difference mm -hmm. yeah because you're coming from a point of view that's not necessarily um, hasn't been like exposed as much or hasn't right. been like tread upon as much, you know, and so so we try and like I mean as a writer like I'm I've struggled a lot with like identity and like yeah, being yeah. like am I writing as an Asian person? Am I writing as like a lesbian? And so it's just like and like or what does it mean when those like those two like merge together? Because especially right. growing up like I felt very like outside of the Asian community. Oh really? For a good while because oh. I you know, I just didn't see as much acceptance within, especially within like the Vietnamese community. For like sure, I just yeah. didn't see as much acceptance of being like queer at all. Yeah. So for me, I was like, I, I felt like I had to sort of separate myself a little bit with my Asian identity because I was like, uh, well, like I guess I, I am like, you know, queer. So it's like, as if it was mutually exclusive. As if it was mutually exclusive. Right. And that's how you just like, you which know, when I was not. younger, which is not. And so yeah. like, then I had to come to terms with the fact that I was like, they shouldn't be mutually exclusive, you know, and there is a community out there of right. Vietnamese yeah. that are like, that are like LGBTQ, you know, community. And so finding that then like shifts my perspective again of just being like, okay, now I'm like very Asian and is that, is that more <laughs> important than being lesbian? So it's just like this like constant, which is, you know, it's all, it's all, it's all conversation. It's all open dialogue and it's all stuff right. that while you explore it, you make connections with other people and you find like resources to write from. Right. Cause at the end of the day, uh, it's, changing just like language right yeah. it's, it's something that's changing as you change this idea of your your identity and how you define yourself mm -hmm. um and i think basically at the end of the day we all want to be our true self whatever that means right we want to be yeah. expressing our true you know our true self or and yeah i i, I yeah yeah i think it's maybe gender gender is like yeah so just like on the forefront of like just everyone is just like discovering gender in a whole nother way and mm. how to express it and like yeah. i feel like i'm old i'm just like an old boring lesbian i'm like that's all i am like i'm just a lesbian you know and it's okay. just, like, there's so much else out there that i'm like i'm still learning even though like at, mm. you know i'm like 33 now and i like came out so it feels like i came out so long ago and yeah. like i'm still learning like like how people are expressing themselves in terms mm. of like gender and sex and mm -hmm. all this stuff. And it's just like, there's, and it's great. I think it's all, I think mm. it's all great. I think it's all like amazing, like how strong the youth are in terms of like expressing themselves. And I was like, yeah. I wish I had that kind of courage when I was younger. Yeah. Like a friend of mine, he's, he's a uh, transgender. He's, or he, she, she now he's trans, you know, um, she, yeah. yeah, she is a, uh, so male to female. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so male to female. And I was like, oh, wow. I guess that kind of makes sense. You know, kind of, you know, you try to piece things up. But you never know for sure. Like, maybe he was just a different... So I, I like this idea now of where every, 
because there's basically just more options of how to express yourself or who you want to be. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you know, I think I have this belief. I don't know if it, it's, it's a belief I have is that eventually people will, instead of like, hopefully as they get older, they can peel away and actually uncover more of who they truly are, whatever that means. Or they can mm-hmm. discover uh, the, the act of actually not adding on certain like things, but actually kind of like peeling away and being more uh, aware of this, 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 who, this, this, uh, this awareness of who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that does take, you know, learning and meeting lots of people. But at the end of the day, it's like this self-discovery of you peeling away like, oh, okay. So I think that because there's more options then whoever that, if that person always wanted to be female, that, that option seems much more mm-hmm. uh, available now. Yeah. But uh, of course it's still not easy, obviously. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, but let's see where we are on time. Okay. Um, Let's let's uh, Laura. Sorry, do you have anything? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I always want to be democratic. You know, yeah. Oh, hey, Laura, what's up? Oh, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, I see you. Um, uh, uh, oh gosh, no, not not anymore. <laughs> I just like I was so ready to like move on to the next. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> I guess uh, I mean since you're uh, on superstore, maybe like a superstore question, and then we can move on to. Uh, language corner like we'll talk we'll talk about yeah it's okay i i'm still thinking of mine like something from our language that we that we uh want to share with an audience like something like a a phrase or something like Vietnamese phrase interesting yeah sorry i should have yeah yeah Yeah, um, (laughs) i was like oh okay but uh, it's about superstore uh Mm -hmm. yeah there there's there's mateo undocumented Mm -hmm. and there's a disabled person there's there's a lot of um i think representation in that show was that a conscious choice do you think from all the writers or from jordan the uh showrunner or justin i'm uh, sorry justin God, <laughs> yeah. cut cut get cut justin justin s right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but um i mean i think uh, casting was one thing like i wasn't there for the original for like, season one yeah but, but um so the cast just came together and everybody worked out. Like everyone got casted because they were just they were really funny and they yeah. like were really great, you know. And so and then when you looked at the cast, you're just like, oh my god, it's very yeah. diverse. I mean, you start off with America, like America Pereira. She was like the main She's so great. one, and so like you already starting off with like a very strong, like person of color and yeah. like a woman and like just like a very, like, funny person. And sure. then she, it was just like already from the get go. The show had a different tone from like your usual like sitcom that's out there. Mm. Um, yeah, and then we looked at the cast and we're just like, oh my god, like there's a lot of people of color on this show. Yeah, and we didn't even realize that we actually have a lot of Asian people. Which is we always joke about it because it's supposed to be based in St. Louis and like oh, really? I think the population is <laughs> I think there's like four percent Asian population <laughs> and they all work in Superstore on our show <laughs> because we have so many Asian people in our show. Yeah, and so it was like. We just didn't realize that. But, I mean, for me, I was very fortunate to, like, jump onto this show and just, like, realize that this cast was, like, especially with Mateo, like, just, like, a like a, an Asian person that was, like, queer. I was like, yes! Like, you know? Yeah. And, like, yeah. and Nico is, like, really funny. He's so funny. He's so amazing. Um, and that's what all the cast, all the cast was, like, really easy to talk to, and they just made it, like, a good environment to, like, go in and kind of, like feel like you're writing for people that kind of like get it a little bit like a little more socially conscious and which mm. is like which is always nice it's just nice to go on a show and which is not i'm not trying to necessarily try to push 
and like shove messages down people. But right. And I try to, you know, we try to do issue episodes. We try to do things that are relevant in the world and try to address things that are pertinent to our character. Like we mm. had like small things where like Cheyenne is half Japanese, so mm-hmm. we don't really address it until like we had a her wedding episode. She speaks we, Japanese. Yeah, and she yeah. like we're like let's have her speak Japanese, and it wasn't like a big arc and it wasn't a story point necessarily but mm. we just wanted to show that yeah she's actually half japanese so let's mm. see her like because she the actress herself can speak japanese oh wow so we're like let's utilize that you know so wow. it's like small things like that and like mateo's character let's have him speak tagalog you know because mm-hmm. he nico can speak tagalog so it's okay. like great to like utilize mm-hmm. like like who these people actually are in real life yeah. and like put it onto the show mm. what's the, the asian lady's name Kaliko. Kaliko? She's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> She's yeah. great. Yeah. I really love like, her oh, so hard. Um, I'm going to walk to the bus stop then by myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so she's um, she's great. She's so funny. Is she she's Filipino or is she? No, she's um, uh, Pacific Islander. Hawaiian. Hawaiian. Oh, yeah. oh okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, any superstore questions for you? <laughs> oh my God. I'll, I'll just jump in if I have a... Okay, sorry, so I'll stop deferring <laughs> to you. I'll just, just like, James, stop! I have a question! Okay. Um, um, I do have a question about, yeah. like, um, about just writing. Okay. Um, do you... When you started writing, did you see yourself... Um, did you want to write for shows that were diverse in terms of casting, in terms of storytelling? Is that like something that you specifically kind of wanted to, the Um, path that you wanted to go down? I mean, I think... Or is that just... Yeah, yeah, no, I think for me personally, Uh I always like, you know, want to be around um, a lot of people of color and Mm -hmm. just write for that and like my personal stuff. But in terms of like what shows you're choosing, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just kind of like take what you can. Yeah. You're yeah. like yeah. trying to get yeah. You're just like hire me. Um, I'll write anything. Yeah. Sure, I'll write about yeah. basketball. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know anything about basketball, you know. But like, you're taking these meetings and you're yeah, just like, yeah. oh, I love yeah, that, yeah, yeah. you know. Oh, you're wow. like, you know, because yeah. you're just trying to like. I'm the perfect person. For yeah. No, I oh, totally wow. get this. Yeah, you know, yeah. and yeah, and you're just. Oh, yeah, so you imagine. have to do that, huh? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, need to, I need to learn this skill. I mean, like, you're kind of yeah. selling yourself. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, I love the meetings that you're taking. Because, again, I say, like, you're selling your ability to relate to topics. Like, we took the meeting for Superstore. We, Me and my writing partner both have retail experience. Mm-hmm. So that was helpful for us because yeah. we, we understood already sort of the climate that the show takes place in. And so with other shows, you're kind of just... I mean, it isn't not always necessarily the case. Um, but, yeah, you're sort of like you kind of take whatever job you can get at the time Mm -hmm. and you just hope for the best and you just hope that your voice gets in there um, and that there's certain things that you have to say from your perspective that are important because of who you are. And it doesn't necessarily like me. And I don't even speaking from me as like a person of color, but even like you as a writer, like you've gone through experiences that no one else has. And so your pitches will come from that place. Mm -hmm. And so, and you're sort of like, you're mixing a little of like the personal, but also like here's something that would be relatable to yeah. like the rest of America, yeah. you know. And so it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I guess we'll end with like um, I mean, based. So that's the advice you would give to young writers or people breaking out, maybe like, te- uh, like, ten years ago, twenty three year old uh, Vicky. Mm-hmm. Like, what kind of advice would you give her? I guess would you do you have any advice for her or like? <laughs> I don't know. No. 
take engineering classes. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> no. No, uh, just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, Vicky, just getting out of college, or or, or a, a, a analogous situation of like another, you know, person of color, female, queer, right. getting out of college, not sure, but loves writing. You know, like right. what what kind of advice would you give that person? Um, what sort of advice? Um, I would say if you really like writing, it's it's very it's tough. Yeah. Um, and you have to be kind of tough, mm. and it's. I've said this like tough as in thick skin or sorry yeah uh, yeah like thick skin but also just like if you really like writing it's because it's just like it's a it's like a landmine of an industry so it's really just sometimes you get really lucky and you get into like a really good room that mm -hmm. sort of helps you learn and helps you become better and sometimes you get into a room where you feel miserable because you're just like why am I here and you feel <laughs> useless and like so it, it really is just like you have to navigate as carefully as you possibly can because it's like trying not to lose like who you are as a person also like mm. you know you're selling yourself in these meetings but at the yeah. end of the day like you don't want to sell out to the point where you're just like yeah selling your soul you know yeah. and writing for something that's like awful and like yeah. feels yeah. like you're betraying everything that you believe in sure. um you know so there's a little bit of that and just um i mean just keep writing and it's it's and i would say the biggest thing for me is like writing and like getting your writing exposed as much as possible mm. like having people read your stuff um if you you know like i would do like when i was writing like poetry and prose i would try to like put myself out there to like read it because you just oh, wow. need you just need exposure and you just need the the reaction it might not always be good yeah. and that's what you have to like be able to anticipate and like mm -hmm. like you have to be able to be like here's the shitty thing that i wrote and so do you think it's shitty or not? You know, and the first thing you write and complete, it's not going to be great. Like, yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's always going to be bad. And like, but you're just going to rewrite and rewrite until it becomes something that's decent. Right. <laughs> the first draft is always shit. They say. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so, but you guys get that. But like, definitely getting like people to read your stuff, I think, is important, and giving you like honest feedback. Mm. I think that yeah. is like very important. And yeah, one good thing about LA is there's a lot of open mics, or there's a lot of places to. Uh, there's Tuesday Night Cafe, yeah, in town, to like kind of show your writing or like yeah. speak it. Um, cool. Uh, so this next segment, the last segment, is going to be called Language Corner, where we do a little <laughs> phrase. So I will start while you guys go on your phones and check, find sure. a phrase or, <laughs> or think of a phrase. I'm just going to um, Google phrases. Okay, sure, sure. Um, from my own language. From your own <laughs> language, yeah. yeah. So um, for Mandarin, there's a phrase called uh, shinku. Shinku means like suffering, right? But the thing about shinku is um, kind of going back to uh, like you know if you're you're you know you're probably in the writers room like hours at a time so I would say oh Vicky Nihan Shinku you are very suffering that's a little translation <laughs> okay. but it's a it's a it's a compliment okay. it, it, so this gives you a little bit of a lens of Asian culture or Mandarin Chinese culture is that <laughs> to say someone is suffering is a compliment you know okay. <laughs> because it's basically wow you've worked basically it means you've worked really hard Nihan okay. Shinku or wow how Shinku that's very suffering that's very um, What's the what's the adjective for stuff? That that's that's very that must have been very enduring or something. Okay. So that's the phrase for today. It is shinku, and the you can the, you can say oh nihen shinku or how shinku. Um, and I find it kind of interesting because then, it, yeah, when someone says that to you and uh, you feel like oh dang, oh I did work hard, you know, or I I you know I try it, it helps like, but then I, in my you know. 
but then like you know sometimes I'll just say oh no nali nali like oh no I'm not, it wasn't that bad or you know I tried to diminish it but yeah uh, in reality it's like yeah I think the phrase kind of gives a lens of like yeah this idea of how in Asian culture that you know you, this is probably this this idea of work ethic right yeah. is so important and uh, I think it's important for any field uh, writing uh, art uh, engineering doctor so um, but anyways, that's my phrase. Uh, yeah, do you guys have wow, a phrase? Yeah. I just, uh, just um, came up with something. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I may have used this before. Okay, I can edit it out. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, my, one of my best friends is uh, Korean-American, and she introduced this uh, Korean... I, I, I'm not even going to try to say it in Jim... Jimmy Manyun? Jim? I, I think so. Jim, Jimmy. Yeah, I'm going to let the Google lady say it. Google man. Jimmy Manyun. Oh. Jimmy um, Manyun. It means okay. burdensome. Okay. And um, apparently it's it's something that, it's it's kind of like a slang term for like when somebody is being very mildly irritating or yeah. like, or like, um, is being like overly nice or like uh, like putting pressure on you because they're being so nice uh, type of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, I've just been I've been using that a lot, and people are it's kind of awkward when you use it in in English. Yeah, say yeah, yeah. oh you're being burdensome. Is it a, like a nice? Is it a nice thing to say to someone? Or it's, it's kind like of... a it's like a jokey thing to say, uh, but it's kind of like. At least this is my interpretation of it when Grace, my friend, says it to me when she Korean says Korean girl named Grace, really? <laughs> it's a very common It's <laughs> a very common no, no, Korean first name. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know other Graces with her last name as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, when Grace says it to me, I interpret it as, um, like, I'm... It's like, you're being extra. <laughs> you're being extra. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um... Yeah, that's it. Cool. That's mine. Nice, very nice. Vicky. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't... Um, I mean, I don't have any, like, wise... No, it does have Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was looking at my phone, but I didn't find anything. That's fine, now. yeah. I mean, what do you say to your parents? You know, it could be anything, like, slice of life yeah, stuff. Just yeah, just look around the room and find... <laughs> well, the one thing that we always say is, uh, Ja-ai, which is basically just like, oh my god. Yeah, which is like it, like you're kind of ex exasperated, and so uh, I. That's the the one phrase that my mom says to me all the time. Because <laughs> she's constantly exasperated with me. So, but then I say that like I found myself saying it just like ugh, jai, and it's just like it's kind of like it is just like oh my god, and so it's just <laughs> that, and so everyone in my family says it because wow. it's just like the phrase that you say. And so I found myself saying it to like my wife and like saying it to people and like, or saying it like under my breath for like certain situations. Does she know what like, it means now, I guess? Or, yeah. yeah, she knows what it means <laughs> now. Um, I mean, it's not a curse word. It's just kind of like, it's like equivalent of like rolling your eyes. Again, ah, right? So it's yeah. just kind of like, it's just that. And so that's like the one phrase I would say. Ja, uh, ja yeah. oh, it's kind of like yeah. guttural, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. Ja it's ja very, I mean, very guttural like, yeah it's like in here um is your wife half vietnamese or what's the asian i guess she yeah. is half indo-chinese indo-chinese okay and half 
Michigan. European, Michigan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, half Michigan white. Yeah, half Michigan white. So. Awesome. Well, uh, okay. Any any parting thoughts before we close this out? It's been a good one. Yeah. No. No. Cool. Um, yeah, I hope I made some sense. No, you made totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Thank you for coming. And yeah, I, thanks for having been, me. Yeah. And Laura, yeah, thanks for coming. Thank you. So thanks for inviting me, James. Yeah. And so great to meet you. And oh, thank you. you. Yeah, it's yeah. been fun. Awesome. Okay. So then we're going to do a sign out. Dan already signed out, but this is, um, so this is James, AKA young. That's, you know, my middle name for the podcast, but, uh, sign. Okay. James, AKA young signing off. Uh, Laura signing off. Uh, Vicky signing off. All right. Thanks so much. Take care. Uh, and stop. Relationships getting you down.